HelloFresh.com. Take the stress out of mealtime. America's most popular meal kit. Why HelloFresh? No skipping on the chicken or steak or fish or plant protein. No commitment whatsoever. Skipping weeks or canceling is super easy. The most five-star reviews. HelloFresh is huge. Recipe selection. Wells week after week. Fresh and affordable. Chef created deliciousness from $7.99 a meal. What's inside each box? Easy to follow recipes with clear nutritional info. Pre-portioned ingredients straight from the farm. Convenient meal kits that fit perfectly in the fridge. A fun cooking experience that makes you feel unstoppable. Over 25 fresh recipes every week. Easy meals designed by professional chefs and nutritionists. 20-minute meal, craft burger, taste tours, one-pot wonder, veggie, gourmet, kid-approved, flexible plans, skip weeks, swap recipes, and cancel anytime. Only order what and when you want. No commitments. BetterHelp.com You deserve to be happy. Types of therapy, individual, couples, teen, the world's largest therapy service, 100% online, professional licensed, and vetted therapists who you can trust. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced therapists who can help you with a range of issues including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp's therapists, you get the same professionalism and quality you would expect from an in-office therapist, but with the ability to communicate when you, when and how you want, get matched to the best therapist for you, answer a few questions to find a therapist who fits your needs and preferences, tap into their largest network of licensed professional board certified providers, communicate your way, messaging, chat, phone, video, talk to your therapist, however you feel comfortable. Therapy when you need it. Message your therapist anytime from anywhere. No scheduling needed. Schedule a live session at a time that's convenient for you. Connect from your phone, tablet, or computer. Good morning. This true crime story will be Fritz Harmon, The Butcher Hanover, Part 1. Friedrich Heinrich Karl Fritz Harman, October 25, 1879 to April 15, 1925, was a German serial killer known as the Butcher of Hanover, the Vampire of Hanover, and the Wolfman, who committed the sexual assault, murder, mutilation, dismember of a minimum of 24 boys and young men between 1918 and 1924 in Hanover, Germany. Harman was found guilty of 24 of the 27 murders for which he was tried and sentenced to death by beheading in December 1924. In addition, in accordance with German practice, his honorary rights of citizenship were revoked. He was subsequently executed in April 1925. Harman became known as the Butcher of Hanover, German Der Schlachter von Hanover, due to the excessive mutilation dismemberment committed upon his victims' bias and by such titles as the Vampire of Hanover, Der Vampire von Hanover, and the Wolfman Wolfsmensch, because of his preferred murder method of biting into or through his victims' throats. Early life. Childhood. Friedrich Heinrich Karl Fritz Harman was born in Hanover on October 25, 1879, the sixth of the youngest child born to Joanna, Nee, Claudius, and Ollie Harman. Fritz was a quiet child with few friends his own age or gender, and who seldom socialized with any children other than his siblings outside of school. 
From an early age, Harmon's behavior was noticeably effeminate. He was known to shun boys' activities and instead play with his sister's dolls and dress in their clothes. He also developed a passion for both needlework and cookery and would develop a close relationship with his mother who spoiled her youngest child. Reportedly, Harmon's father married his mother who, aged 41 at the time of her marriage, was seven years his senior. On account of her wealth and the substantial dowry, their marriage would eventually bring him. Harmon Sr. was also known to be an argumentative, short-tempered individual who, via the several affairs he conducted throughout the duration of his marriage, would contract syphilis in his later years, despite his being an authoritarian who had little time for his children and a notorious womanizer. Harmon's parents remained together until his mother's death in April 1901. In 1886, Harmon began his schooling where he noted where he was noted by teachers to be a spoiled and mollycoddled child who was prone to daydreaming. Although his behavior at school was known to be exemplary, his academic performance was below average, and on two occasions, Harmon had to repeat a school year. <laughs> on one occasion, when he was approximately eight years old, Harmon was molested by one of his teachers, although he would never discuss this incident in detail. Harmon grew into a trim, physically strong youth with his parents' consent. He finished schooling in 1894. Upon leaving school, he briefly obtained employment as an apprentice lockman in New Brioche before opting at age 15 to enroll in a military academy in the town of Brishach. His military training began on April 4, 1895. Adolescence and First Offenses Harmon initially adapted to military life and performed well as a trainee soldier. However, after five months of military service, he began to suffer periodic losses of consciousness, which, although the initiative described by a medical professional as being sudden signs of anxiety and neurosis, would subsequently be diagnosed as being equivalent to epilepsy in October 1895. The following month, Harmon discharged himself from the military and returned to Hanover, where he briefly worked in a cigar factory his father had established in 1888. At the age of 16, Harmon committed his first known sexual offenses, all of which involved young boys whom he would lure to secluded areas, typically cellars, before proceeding to sexually abuse them. He was first arrested for committing offenses of his nature in July 1896. Following further offenses of this nature, the Division for Criminal Matters opted to place Harmon in a mental institution in the city of Hildesheim. In February 1897, although briefly transferred to Han a Hanover Hospital for psychi psychiatric evaluation, he would be certified as being incurably deranged and unfit to stand trial by a psychologist named Gert Schmalfels. Schmalfels ordered Harmon to be confined to at the mental institution indefinitely. Harmon returned to the mental institution on May 28, 1897. Seven months later, Harmon escaped the mental institution with apparent assistance from his mother. Harmon fled to Zurich, Switzerland. Here, he lived with a relative of his mother and obtained employment as a handyman in a shipyard. Harmon remained in Zurich for 16 months before he returned to Hanover in April 1899. Early the following year, he became engaged to a woman named Erna Lowert, who, who soon became pregnant with his child. In October 1900, Harmon received notification to perform his compulsory military service. Military service. On October 12, 1900, Harmon, who was deployed to the Alsatian city of Colmar to serve in a number of 10 rifle battalions. Throughout his service, Harmon earned a reputation among his superiors as an exemplary soldier and excellent marksman, and he would later describe his period of service with his battalion as being the happiest of his entire life. After collapsing while on exercise, on exercise with his battalion in October 1901,
Harmon began to suffer dizzy spells and subsequent hospitals for over four months. He was later deemed unsuitable for military service and work and was dismissed from military service on July 28, 1902. Discharged from the military under medical terms, described as being a probable dementia, Praycox. Harmon was awarded a monthly military pension of 21 gold marks. Upon his military discharge, Harmon returned to live with his fiancée in Hanover, briefly working in, his, in the small business his father had established before unsuccessfully filing a maintenance. Losses against his father cited that he was unable to work due to the ailments noted by the military. His father successfully contested Harmon's suit and the charges would be dropped. The following year, a violent fight between father and son resulted in Harmon's father himself unsuccessfully initiating legal proceedings against his son, citing verbal death threats and blackmail as justification to have this his son returned to a mental institution. These charges must themselves be dropped due to a lack of corroborating evidence. Nonetheless, Harmon was ordered to undertake a psychiatric examination in May 1903. This examination was conducted by Dr. Andre, who concluded that although morally inferior, Harmon was not mentally unstable. <laughs> With financial assistance from his father, Harmon and his fiancée opened a fishmongery. Harmon himself briefly attempted to work as an insurance salesman before being officially classified as disabled and unable to work by the 10th Army in 1904. As a result, his monthly military pension was slightly increased. That same year, his fiancée pregnant with his child terminated their engagement. According to Harmon, this ultimately occurred when he accused his fiancée of having an affair with a student. As the fishmonger was registered in her name, Erna Harmon simply ordered her husband to leave the premises. Criminal career. For the next decade, Harmon probably lived as a petty thief, burglar, con art, and con artist. Although he did occasionally obtain legitimate employment, he invariably stole from his employers or their customers. Beginning in 1905, he served several short prison sentences for offenses such as larceny, embezzlement, and assault. On one occasion, when working as an invoice clerk, Harmon became acquainted with a female employee with, with whom he would later claim to have robbed several tombstones and gravestones between 1905 and 1913. He was never charged with these offenses. Consequently, Harmon spent the majority of the years between 1905 and 1912 in jail. In late 1913, Harmon was arrested for a burglary. A search of his home revealed a hoard of stolen property linking him to several other, other burglaries. Despite protesting innocence, Harmon was charged with and convicted of a series of burglaries and frauds. He was sentenced to five years of prison for these offenses. Due to, due to compulsory conscription resulting from the outbreak of World War I, Germany saw a shortage of available domestic manpower in the final years of his prison sentence. Harmon and was permitted to work throughout the day on the grounds of various manor houses near the town of Rendsburg with instructions to return to prison each evening. Upon his release from prison, in April 1918, Harmon initially moved to Berlin before opting to return to Hanover, where he briefly lived with one of his visits before renting a single-room apartment in August 1918. According to Harmon, he was struck by the poverty of the German nation as a result of the loss the nation had suffered in World War I. Through his initial efforts to both trade and purchase stolen property at Hanover Central Station, Harmon established several criminal contacts with whom he could trade in contraband property and he immediately reverted to the criminal life he had lived before his 1913 arrest. Police informant. As a result of a poverty the nation was enduring in the years immediately following World War 
One, many basic commodities became increasingly scarce and expensive to purchase, fueling an increase in crimes such as theft, assault, and murder in addition to a significant increase in black market trading. Due to the peace treaty signed in 1919, Germany had no army, was forbidden to participate in the arms trade, and its police forces, badly paid, badly paid and overstretched, had limited resources at their disposal. In this environment, police were welcoming of assistance and information from the public. Despite police knowledge that Harman was both a known criminal and a known homosexual, then illegal and punishable by imprisonment in Germany, Harman gradually began to establish a relationship with Hanover police as a former largely as a means of redirecting attention of the police from himself in his own criminal activities and to facilitate his access to young males by 1919 he is known to have regularly patrolled Hanover station and ha and to have provided police with information to relate to Hanover's extensive criminal network with a cooperative several police officials Harmon devised a ruse whereby he would offer to fence or store stolen property as process and pass this information to police who would then raid his property at, at agreed times and arrest his contacts to remove any suspicion as to his treachery reaching the criminal fraternity Harmon himself would be arrested in these raids moreover on numerous occasions he is known to have performed citizens arrests upon commuters for offenses such as traveling on forged documents as a result of these activities police began to rely on Harmon as a reliable source of information regarding As a result of these activities, police began to rely on Harmon as a reliable source of information regarding various criminal activities in the city, and he was allowed to patrol Hanover Station largely at will. Murders. Between 1918 and 1924, Harmon is known to have committed at least 24 murders, although he is suspected of murdering a minimum of 27. All of Harmon's victims were males between the ages of 10 and 22, the majority of whom were in their mid to late teens. The victims would be lured back to one of the one of three addresses of in which Harmon is known to have resided throughout those years. He is known to have killed upon the promise of assistance, accommodation, work, or under the pretense of the arrest. At Harmon's apartment, the victim would simply be given food and drink before Harmon bit into his added apple, often as he was strangled. In many instances, this would cause the victim to die of asphyxiation, although on several occasions, Harmon would bite completely through his victim's anus and trachea. Harmon would refer to the act of biting through his victim's neck as being his love bite. All of Harmon's victims were dismembered before their bodies were discarded, usually in the Lane River, although the dismembered body of his first known victim had simply been buried, and the body of his last victim had been thrown into a lake located at the entrance to the Heron House in the Gardens. The personal possessions of Harmon's victims would typically be retained for the personal use of Harmon's or his lover Hans Granz to or be sold on the black market through criminal contacts. Both men had established at Hanover Central Station, although the personal possessions of some victims were sold to legitimate retailers. In several instances, both Harmon and Granz were known to have given possessions belonging to various victims to acquaintances as gifts. Following Harmon's arrest, Rumors would circulate that the flesh of his victims had been consumed by Harmon himself or sold upon the black market as pork or horse meat. Although 
No physical evidence was ever produced to confirm these theories. Harmon was known to be an active trader in contraband meat, which is invariably boneless, diced, and often sold as mints. To the various Indians who questioned where he had acquired the meat, Harmon will explain he had purchased the product through from a butcher named Carl, although investigators would later note that the stories Harmon told his acquaintances regarding Regarding the orders was intimate varied. <coughs> first known victim. Harmon's first known victim was a 17-year-old runaway named Friedel Rolfe. When Rolfe disappeared on September 27, 1918, his friends told police he was last seen with Harmon, who at the time of his first of this first known murder resided in a single room apartment at 27. Stella Strays under pressure from Rose family police raided Harmon's apartment in October 1918 where they found their form, their informer in the company of a semi-naked 13-year-old boy. He was charged with both a sexual assault and battery of a minor and sentenced to nine months imprisonment. Harmon would later state to the detectives that the time they searched his apartment, the head of Fridell Roth wrapped in a newspaper was stowed behind his stove. Harmon avoided serving his sentence throughout 1919. That October, he met an 18-year-old youth named Hans Grounds, who had run away from his home in Berlin following an argument with his father on October 1st. Grounds had slept through rough in and around Hanover Station for approximately two weeks, selling old clothes in and around the station to earn enough money to simply eat before he encountered Harmon. Acquaintance with Hans Grounds. In his subsequent confessions to police, Grounds stated that although his sexual orientation was heterosexual, he himself initiated contact with Harmon with the intent of selling his body. Having heard of Harmon's homosexuality through acquaintances he had established in Hanover, Harmon himself stated following his arrest that he viewed Grounds to be as being like a son to him, adding that he pulled him Grounds out of the ditch and tried to make sure he didn't go to the dogs. Shortly after the initial acquaintance, Harmon invited the youth to move into his apartment and Grounds would become Harmon's lover and criminal accomplice. According to Harmon, although he was smitten with Grounds, he gradually became aware of the youth manipulated and occasionally mocked him. On several occasions throughout the years, Grounds resided with Harmon. The youth would be temporarily evicted following heated arguments in which he ridiculed or rebuffed Harmon's threats or accusations against him, only for Harmon to shortly Thereafter, pleaded with the youth to return to live with him, despite the manipulation Harmon endured at the hands of his accomplice. He later claimed to tolerate the capitulation as he created grounds of companionship and affection, adding, I had to have someone I meant everything to. Harmon served the nine-month prison sentence imposed in 1918 for sexual assault and battle between March and December 1920. Upon his release, he again regained the trust of the police and again became an informer. Harmon initially resided in a hotel before he and Grounds lodged with a middle-class family. Through criminal context, Harmon became aware of a vacant ground floor apartment located at 8 Newell Strace. The apartment was located in a densely populated old house located alongside the Lane River. Harmon secured a letting agreement with the landlady ostensibly to use the property for storage purposes. He and Grounds moved into 8 Newell Strace on July 1, 1921. Subsequent murders. Harmon's subsequent victims largely consisted of eight young male commuters, runaways, or occasionally male prostitutes, whom he would typically encounter 
in or around Hanover Central State Railroad Station. The second murder, Harmon, is known to have committed occurred on February 12, 1923. The victim was a 17-year-old pianist named Fritz Frank, whom Harmon encountered at Homer Central Station, Hanover Central Station, and invited his invited to his new Strays residence, where he introduced the youth to Hans Grounds and the two female acquaintances, whom of, one of whom was Grounds' female lover. According to Grounds' lover, that evening, Grounds whispered in her ear, Hey, he's going to be trampled on today. The following day, both these acquaintances returned to Harmon's apartment, where they were informed by Harmon that Frank had traveled to Hamburg. Speculation remains as to Grounds' knowledge of Harmon's intentions toward Frank, towards Frank, whom, when he made his comment to the two female acquaintances. According to Harmon, following his murder, Grounds arrived unannounced at his apartment where he observed Frank's nude body lying upon Harmon's bed. Grounds had then simply looked at him and asked, When shall I come back again? Five weeks after the murder of Frank on 20, March 20th, Harmon encountered a 17-year-old named Wilhelm Schultz at Hanover Station. Schultz had been traveling to work. When he encountered Harmon, no human remains identified as belonging to Schultz were ever found, although most of his clothing was in the possession of Harmon's landlady, Elizabeth Engel, at the time of his arrest. Two more victims are known to have been murdered at eight new stress before Harmon vacated the apartment in June. 16-year-old Roland Hooch who disappeared on May 23rd as informed of a close friend. He intended to run away from home and join the Marines. And 19-year-old Hans Sonnenfeld, who disappeared on or about May 33rd and whose distinctive yellow overcoat Harmon is known to have worn after the youth's murder. On June 9, 1923, Harmon moved into a single-room attic apartment at 2 Rote Rye. Two weeks after moving into this address on June 25th, A 13-year-old boy named Ernest Ehrenberg, the son of Harmon's neighbor, disappeared while running an errand for his father. His school camp and braces would be found in Harmon's apartment following an arrest. Two months later, on August 24th, an 18-year-old office clerk named Heinrich Struess is reported missing by his aunt, with whom he lives. Many of Struess' belongings would also be found in Harmon's apartment. Struess' murder would be followed one month later by the murder of a 17-year-old named Paul Bronis. Shusky, who disappeared en route to the city of Bochum, having worked with his uncle in Saxony Anhalt throughout the summer. Subsequent police inquiries suggested Bronis Chusky had likely alighted with a train at Hanover, whereupon he encountered Fritz Harmon, encountered Fritz Harmon, Bronis Chusky's jacket, knapsack, trousers, and towel all would all be found in possession of Harmon following his arrest. Harmon is next known to have killed an honor about 30, September 30, 1923. The victim was 17-year-old Richard Graff, who last informed his family he had met at Hanover Station, who knows of a good job for me two weeks later on October 12th. A 16-year-old Gerdon youth named Wilhelm Erdner failed to return home from work. Subsequent inquiries by Erdner's parents revealed the youth became acquainted with a detective for its Hunter Brock, a pseudonym used by Harmon. Shortly before his disappearance, both Harmon and Grounds subsequently told, sold Erdner's bicycle on, 20, on October 20th. Within a week of having sold his bicycle, Harmon killed two further victims, 15-year-old Herman Wolf, who disappeared from Hanover Station on October 24th, and 13-year-old Heinz Brinkman, 
who was seen by a witness standing in the entrance to Hanover Station at 11 p.m. on October 27th, having missed his train home to the town of Kassel. On November 10, 1923, a 17-year-old apprentice carpenter from the city of Dusseldorf named Adolf Hanapel disappeared from Hanover Station. He was seen by several witnesses sitting upon a trunk in the waiting room. These witnesses also, also positively entered the Hans grounds in the company of Harmon, pointing towards the youth who shortly thereafter was observed walking towards a cafe in the company of these two men. One month later, on December 6, 19-year-old Adolf Hennies disappeared. He had been seeking employment at the time of his disappearance. None of the human man's recovery were identified as flying to Hennies, whom Harmon specifically admitted to dismembering but denied killing. In subsequent court testimony, vehemently disputed by grounds, Harmon claimed that he returned home to find Henny's body missing his signature left white line naked on his bed with grounds and another criminal acquaintance named Hugo Witowski, Witkowski. Say the youth was one of yours. Neither Harmon nor grounds were convicted of Henny's murder due to conflicting testimony. 1924, the first victim killed by Harmon in 1924 was 17-year-old Ernest Speaker, who disappeared on January 1st, although subsequent, subsequent trial testimony from a friend of Speaker would indicate Harmon became acquainted with his youth before his murder. Harmon stated he would simply have to assume this youth was one of his victims due to all his personal possessions following his arrest. Ten days later, Harmon killed a 20-year-old named Heinrich Koch, whom he is also believed to have been acquainted with prior to the youth murder the following month. Harmon is known to have killed two versions of his 13-year-old Willie Sanger, who disappeared from the suburb of Linden Limmer on February 2nd, having informed his sister he was to travel with a friend of 16-year-old Herman Spichert, who was last seen by his sister on February 8th. Harmon is not... Known to have killed again until on or about April 1st when he is believed to have killed an acquaintance named Herman Bach. Although cleared of this murder at his trial, Harmon was in possession of Bach's clothing when arrested and he is known to have given the youth suitcase to his landlady. Moreover, Harmon is known to have actually dissuaded several of Bach's acquaintances from reporting the youth missing one week later on April 8th. 16-year-old Alfred Holgrove disappeared from Hanover Station, having run away from his home in the town of Lair. On April 2nd, Holgrove's mother would be followed nine days later by that of 16-year-old of a 16-year-old prince named Wilhelm Apple, whom Harmon encountered in a, on his patrols of the Hannibal Lanehauser Station. On April 26th, 18-year-old Robert Witzel disappeared as a borrowing 50 fennings from his mother, explained he intended. To visit the Travis Circus, inquiries by the youth parents revealed their son had accompanied an official from the railroad station to be to the circus. Harmon himself would later state he killed Witzel the same evening and having dismembered the youth body, had thrown the remains into the Lane River. Two weeks after the murder of Witzel, Harmon killed a 14-year-old named Heinz Martin, who was last seen by his mother on May 9th, and who was believed to have seen an objective from Hanover Station Alice. All his clothing was later found in Harmon's apartment less than two weeks later. On May 26, a 17-year-old traveling salesman from the town of Castle named Fritz Wittig, whom Harmon would later state he killed upon the assistance of Grounds as he had worn a good new suit. Grounds coveted was dismembered and discarded in the Lane River the same day Wittig as Bits had been killed. Harmon's killed his youngest known victim, 10-year-old Frederick Abeling, who disappeared while truant from school. 
His murder would be followed less than two weeks later by that of 16-year-old Frederick Coach, who was approached by Harmon on June 5th as he walked as he approached by Harmon by Harmon on June 5th as he walked to college. Two acquaintances of Coach would later testify at Harmon's trial that as they walked with Coach to college, Harmon approached Coach to college. Harmon approached Coach and tapped their youth on the foot with a walking stick and stated, "Well, boys, don't you recognize me?" Harmon killed his final victim, 17-year-old Heinrich and Eric de Vries on June 14th. De Vries accounted Harmon at Hanover Station. His dismembered body will later be found in a lake located near the entrance to the Heron House and Gardens. Harmon would confess that had taken him four separate trips to carry de Vries. Dismembered remains carried in the bag which had belonged to Frederick Coach to the location he had disposed of them. Discoveries on May 17, 1922, two young children playing near the lane road discovered a human skull determined to be that of a young male aged between 18 and 20, and bearing evidence of knife wounds, police were skeptical as to whether a murder had been committed or whether the skull had either been discarded in this location by growing robbers or placed there in a tasteless prank by medical students. Furthermore, police theorized that the skull may have been discarded in the river at a Affield, which had recently experienced an outbreak of typhoid two weeks later on May 29th, a second skull was found behind a mill race located close to the, center, to the scene of the early discovery. This skull was also identified by as having been that of a young male aged between 18 and 20. Shortly thereafter, two boys playing in a field close to the village of Dolren discovered a sack containing numerous human bones. Two more skulls will be found on June 13th upon one upon the banks of the Lane River, another located close to a mill in West Hanover. Each of the skulls had been removed from the vertebrae with a sharp instrument. One skull belonged to a male in his late teens, whereas the other belonged to a boy estimated to have been aged between 11 and 13 years old. In addition, one of these skulls also bore evidence to have been scalped. For more than a year prior to the discoveries, rumors had circulated amongst the population of Hanover regarded the fate of the sheer number of children and teenagers who had been reported missing in the city and the discovery sparked fresh rumors regarding missing and murdered children. In addition, various newspapers responded to these discoveries and resulting rumors by harking to the dis- disproportionate number of young people who had been reported missing in Hanover between 1918 and 1924 and 1923 alone. Almost 600 teenagers and young men had been reported missing in Hanover. On June 8th, several hundred Hanover residents converged close to the Helene River and searched both the right banks of the river and the surrounding areas discovered the number of human bones which were handed to the police in response to these latest discoveries. Police decided to drag the entire section of the river which ran through the center of the city. In doing so, they discovered more than 500 further human bones and sections of bodies, many bearing stray ashes which were later confirmed by court doctors having belonged to at least 22 separate human individuals. Approximately half of the remains had been in the river for some time, whereas other bones and the body parts had been discarded in the river more recently. Many of the recent age discoveries bore evidence of having been dissected, particularly at the joints of 30% of, over 30% of the remains were judged to have belonged to young males aged between 15 and 20. Suspicion for the discoveries quickly fell upon Harmon, who was both known to Moan to both the police and the criminal investigation department as a homosexual who had amassed 15 previous convictions dating from 1896 to various offenses, including child molestation and sexual assault and battery of a minor. Moreover, Harmon and 
been connected to the 19 disappearance of Friedel Roth and a 14-year-old named Herman Koch, who had disappeared weeks prior to Roth. Harmon was placed under surveillance being a trusted police informant. Harmon was known to frequent Hanover Station, Central Station, as he was well known to many officers from Hanover. Two young policemen had were drafted from Berlin to pose as undergo officers and discreetly observe his movements. The defense of Harmon began on June 18, 1924. Stay tuned to the second part of Fritz Harmon. Stay safe. Thank you for listening and have a good week.